service to the brothers so the sisters i'm sure you'll also be blessed and i kind of felt that there would be someone else not here but that will be blessed with this service so brother martin kept on telling me power is off i said power will come back i was 100 percent sure it will come back because i know what god had laid on my heart praise the name of the lord just want to sing a chorus or two of another song and then we shall go into the word uh, i'll be about one hour and a half in the word so just prepare and be ready Let's see what the Lord will. It says, your love is life to me. I don't know, Brother Marvin, if you have that. But it says, your love is life to me. You know? You know it, Brother Peter? Your love is life to me. You've never heard of the song. Okay, so, uh, I don't know if he has the words, but it's very easy. It says, your love is life to me. My truest longing. My deepest plea. Without you one moment, I don't know where I would be. Your love is life to me. Let us sing it together. Your love is life to me. My truest longing. My deepest need. Without you one moment, I don't know where I would be. Love is life to me. Oh Lord, your love is life to me. My truest longing, my deepest need. Without you, one moment, I don't. To me, oh Lord, your love is life to me. Lord, my truest longing, my deepest need. Without you, one moment, I don't know. 
take my will Come for me To yours, to yours, oh Lord Sing with me now, take my life And for me Take my mind, transform me, take my will, comfort me, do yours, do yours, oh, do yours, do yours, do yours.
Righteousness is what you want from me, from me. Sing that one once again with me now. Righteousness, righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want from me, from me. Oh, take my life and for me. Take my mind. Hallelujah. Transform it. Transform me. Take my will. Take my will. Conform me. Conform me. Tell him to yours. To yours. To yours. To yours, to yours, to yours, Faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness is what I need. Oh, faithfulness, faithfulness. What you want from me, from me. Sing faithfulness, Lord, faithfulness. Faithfulness is what I long for. Faithfulness, I need faithfulness, faithfulness. Transform it, transform it, take my way, take my way, conform it, conform it to yours, to yours, to yours, oh Lord, to yours, to yours, oh Oh, dear Lord, 
for someone tonight could be here or could be on the streaming audience I pray Lord that you will meet our needs at uh, this evening Lord because you always meet us at our point of need Father Lord may you carry me away and may you speak carry me away and may you let your word be accomplished Father may you let it come down to our hearts where it will meet the need because your word can be directed by the power of the Holy Spirit to the point of need, to the place of need. It's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer this evening. Just come down, Lord, and minister to each of our needs, each of our hearts, Father. You know our heart's desire. Grant it, I pray, in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I have a, we have a vista. Sister Winnie from Balwa, uh, God bless you. Thank you for coming to be with us today. We appreciate you so very much. Amen. So we are going to the word in the book of Exodus. If you could please turn to Exodus chapter 1. God bless you musicians. Uh, everyone with your Bible, please turn to the book of Exodus chapter 1. We are reading from verses 15. 
If you are there, say amen. If you are there, amen. So we are reading from verses 15 to verses 22. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of the one was Sephra, and the name of the other, Poor. And he said, when ye do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women, and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. But the midwives feared God, and did not, did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children, alive. And the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, Why have ye done this thing and have saved the men, children alive? And the midwives said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women. For they are lively and are delivered before the midwives come in unto them. I believe the believers, if you have received, if you, you are born again and you are a believer and you are a sister, when it comes to delivery, as much as it will not be easy, just like it is not easy for everybody to deliver, but God usually gives grace. The Bible says in the book of 1 Timothy that he will give, he will save them in childbearing or in childbirth. So women who are believers have that as a promise. So sisters who are here, you can say amen to that. You have that as a promise to deliver in childbirth without complications. It's your promise. All right. So then he says, and therefore God dealt, dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and works very mighty. I want to read that verse once again. And it came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses. Okay, I wanted to read verse 20 again. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied. Therefore God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied. Why did the people multiply? Because the main children were kept alive. Amen? All right. And, uh, the, the, and, um, and, and waxed very mighty. So the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. So if the main children can be kept alive, the people must multiply. The people of that race must multiply. The people of that seed must multiply. Each of you brothers, you have a seed. And I'm glad that this is not being interpreted tonight because I can follow my thought trajectory very well and, and you too can follow me. Each of you has a seed within you, a generation after you. And you see, if the devil gets you, if the devil finishes you, if the devil accomplishes his purpose in your life, uh, then there is going to be a destruction. And there will be no multiplication. But there is going to be multiplication if you are kept alive. Can you say amen to that, brothers? And then he says, and it came to pass because the midwives feared God that, 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 that he made them houses. And Pharaoh charged all his people, saying, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter ye shall save alive. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God bless you. You may be seated. Excuse me. I've been speaking quite a lot in the meeting there. 
So I need a little break. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, we am speaking today on the subject, the power of the next generation. And I'm going to request all the brothers to come and, and, and sit, occupy all these front seats here so I can be able to see you directly. I don't want to look this side, this side, and that side. So all of you that side, I'm requesting you to come. On this other left side, we have many chairs by this side. And Brother Marvin, I don't know whether I want you there. I, I don't know. It's okay. If you want to put for us some scriptures, it's all right. All, all right. Are you a sister? Please come over. Right here. Right in the front here, there's a seat for you. Okay. So, and uh, Brother Enoch, the, the, we don't have a lot of people coming in today, so you might as well want to come and occupy all the brothers there. Deacons, please help me. I don't know which deacon is on duty today. Please help me. Bring all the brothers this side. Praise the Lord. Brother Peter, why don't you take your brother next to you and you come and occupy the, the front seats. Yes, I will appreciate that so very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for cooperating. Okay. I don't know why these days people fear front seats. <laughs> Somehow, people fear front seats. Don't you feel comfortable there on the front seat? Praise the name of the Lord. So I'm speaking on the power of the next generation. The power of the next generation. Friends, there is this thing that is burning within me about the generation, my generation, our generation, your generation. No doubt we have had fathers, and as I said before, sisters that are part of this service today, you are going to allow me to dedicate this service to the brothers. Is that amen? Yes. So if you have children and they are uh, sons, or if you have uh, brothers, then this is for them. You might want to send it to them. But I want to say uh, to you today that I have a, an immense burden on my heart about my generation because there, there's a lot of things that I've been seeing around wherever I travel and even around in the fellowship here and even the people that I'm in contact with, especially the, the younger generation. When I say the younger generation, of course, that is according to me because uh, you will also say the younger generation. So, you know, there is a generation that is younger than you. So, but I mean the generation of our time. Of course, we are now in the 21st, is it the 21st century? So, we, we, uh, is it the one that is called Generation Z? I, I'm not quite sure about that. But I think there is this last generation, the computer generation, the WhatsApp generation, huh? the, the, the phone, smartphone generation. That's the generation that we are living in. Of course, I'm talking about you that is listening to me today. So, the internet generation, the generation of the now. And we see that there have been many, whatever we are today that is positive has been partly because of the generations that have been there before us. And whatever that we are that is negative has also been actually because of the generations that have been there before us. You will find that in each of us, our individual lives, there are trials and things that we struggle with. Sometimes things that you struggle with and you have, you have actually no solution for those things is partly because you may not know, you may not even have known before, but if you had a glimpse, if God allowed you to have a glimpse on the generation before you, maybe the generation of your father, and you studied the life of your father properly, you will realize that many of the things that were passed down to you that maybe you do not want, or things, or it might be a character, it might be 
uh, a lifestyle. It might be things, you know, different things. If you knew or had a chance to study your father, you might realize that some of those things actually were passed down onto you. And even the positive things as well. You realize it was passed down onto you. So there is a great power within, a gener within you. Because now you are also going to influence the generation after you. The generation that is coming after. Of course, that is if the Lord tarries. We know that the Lord will, is coming soon. We believe that the Lord is coming on our generation. But there is also a likelihood that he will, he will tarry. We do not know. We are told to live as though he is coming today. But to work as though he is coming tomorrow. So you are not going to fold your hand and say, I will not do anything because the Lord is coming to, tomorrow, or rather today. Because he's coming today, I'm not going to work. Because he's coming today, I'm not going to, uh, uh, to plan for tomorrow. Because he's coming today, many people who believed and received this message in the, in the, in the first years, they did not actually work. Uh, the pastors did not encourage their people to even contribute la la money for buying land and for building churches. Uh, because they, they were believing the rapture was happening the next minute. And that was true, and it's still true today, but it's been more, more than 50 years since the messenger died, and the rapture has not yet happened. So there is a possibility that the rapture may not actually happen for the next 50 years. But also there is a possibility that it might actually happen in the next moments from now. So we do not know. We want to hoy our potatoes. We want to plant trees. We want to believe for big things. But we also want to live as though the Lord was coming the next moment. Is that a man? So, but now we notice that there is power in... There is the, the power of the next generation is here with you, with me. The power of the generation that is coming next. Many people live in... Uh, I've had somebody use the word bubble, but I want to use that word in this sense, that many people live in a bubble believing that, they, they, uh, that life is, is so, so easy and that uh, uh, you know, they have nothing to worry about and that life is just going around about them and uh, you know, they just appeared and then they'll just disappear and that life will continue on. And life will continue on. Another generation shall come and another generation shall go. But I want to be one person who is going to believe that I'm not here just to live and disappear. I never appeared and I will not disappear. I came from somewhere and I'm going somewhere. When Jesus was on earth, he lived what I call a life of purpose. Because Jesus believed that the life he was living, the life he had, the life that he came down on earth to live, he was actually living that life for not himself, but for the next generation which was coming after him. And actually we are beneficiaries of the life that Jesus Christ lived. If it wasn't for him, then we would not have a life. But you see, the power of the next generation is also now with you. Whatever went wrong before you doesn't really count now. It is what is going to go wrong with you now. There is something you can stop or there is something you can permit and give permission to pass you and go to another generation. The power of the next generation is with you. That's what I'm sharing with you tonight. And we see here that the devil knows that the only way he can destroy the next generation is by killing sons, not daughters, sons. 
I want you to notice that. The devil knows that very well. The power of the next generation is with the sons. Not with daughters, but with the sons. The reason for that is seed is in and with the son. It is a male child that moves the seed from one generation to another, to another, to another. Here in Africa, for centuries, uh, parents did not use to allow their uh, girl children to inherit their property because it was going to disappear. It, it was, you know, it, it had to be inherited by the, by the male children because it is with them that seed was transferred from the generation of their father to another generation. And so I want you to see, Brother Barnum here says in the message, the resurrection of Lazarus, he says it is just like the blood. The bloodstream comes from the male sex. We know that. The mother is just an incubator for the child. And the mother's blood, now some of you may not actually know this, so listen to this. And the mother's blood has nothing to do with the child at all. Did you know that? Only the doctor. Dr. Mulonde knew that. He's a medical doctor. By the way, someone told me, maybe he's a nurse. No. Brother Mulonde is a professional, full medical doctor. Is that correct, Brother Mulonde? How many years did you study in university to become a doctor? Five years. Full-term doctor, right? And he is telling us that it is true. The mother's blood has nothing to do with the child at all. Although it is born in the blood, and the person who said this actually is a He's a seventh grader. He only went up to seventh grade. And he can tell you things that a medical doctor will tell you. He was supernaturally sent to, by God to our generation. And he says, although it is born in the blood of the mother, but it has nothing to do with it. It has got one drop of the mother's blood. It has, sorry, it hasn't got one drop of the mother's blood in it. It's the blood of the father. And the life lays in the blood. So God in his sovereign wisdom placed the seed. Listen. God in his sovereign wisdom placed the seed of multiplication in the man. Not in the woman, but in the man. You notice that a man, um, uh, the, the seed, when, when a child is in the womb of the mother, all the blood within the stream of the child is actually the father's blood. No speck of a mother's blood in there. Imagine it. Imagine it. But the father's blood. I want you to imagine that. And so I want to show you that God in his sovereign wisdom. He placed the seed of multiplication. The seed that would multiply the, um, uh, the human race in mankind or in man. In the male gene or male seed. If only the devil can destroy the man. The devil knows if I can destroy the man then he surely can destroy the next generation. He will actually annihilate, remove completely, destroy all the other generations that will come after. So now it is in the man's, it is in the man, it is in the boy, it is in the man-child, let me put it that way, that the seed of multiplication has been placed. And that's why the devil tries hard, so hard, to lock up the male's destiny. The devil, let me tell you, the devil tries hard to destroy the destiny of a male child. 
Some of you, of course, will tell and can tell that there are some families that you, if you come from that family, they know you can have as many children as you want and they will all live. But when you have a male child, that child will die. How many have heard of that? I see a hand back there. Another hand. Who else has heard of that? Oh, you're privileged to come from a family that doesn't experience that or you've not heard of that. But I'll tell you, it's all over. I've heard of it many, many times. They will tell you, for, for us in our family, we can have as many children as we want to have. But when it comes to having male children, they will either die in the stomach, not yet born, or they will actually not be born at all. They, they, will, they, will, they will be born dead. Or they will be born half dead. See, because within... The devil knows that, you see, that maybe, of course, it happens here in Africa because maybe because of witchcraft and there is someone that did not want uh, th that's, that seed to multiply and then he will try to place a curse on that family and, and then things happen that uh, the male children will either not be born. In other families, other, the girls can prosper, but the boys cannot prosper. You see, you know, they will try all that they can, but no prosperity for you as long as you are a male child. You see, uh, whether it is witchcraft or, or what, I want to tell you, it is the devil, okay? It's the devil. And the devil is targeting the male I'm going to show you here. I'm going, if you give me time and your attention, I trust that this service will be a blessing to you by the time we are done. He says th that is why the devil tries hard to lock up the male's destiny. And how does he lock it up? He locks it up by burying it in tombs, several tombs. The devil has laid or, or dug tombs, tombs of uh, several things that he will try to, and I will show it to you, and once I show it to you, you will see clearly that that's the truth. He will try to uh, bury them in the tombs of immoral living. That's one of the devices the devil uses. He will, he will, take, he will take the boys and the, 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 the gentlemen or, or the, the, the men, he will bury them in the tombs of immoral living. And others, he will take them and he will bury them in the tombs of drug abuse. They are very, yes, I know they are prostitutes, women prostitutes. But when you, if you want to count how many more people live in uh, immoral living, it's actually men more than women. Most women do not live immorally, but men do. Men do. And the devil wants to bury them there. And, and even when they are married, you'll find they still live in immoral actions because the devil wants to bury them in there. And, and uh, very few women will be in drug abuse, but the devil will target men. The, the devil wants men to dr abuse drugs so they can lose their mind, so they can become mad, so they can become crazy, so that their mind will not function the way it is supposed to function. And when he does that, he has captivated them and he will keep them there. And when I was living in Ethiopia at the time during the reign of Mel Zenawi, who was um, the prime minister of Ethiopia before two others, he, uh, the, the people were saying, because you see, how many know chat? Chat. Chat. Chat, yes. Yes, Akakola. Uh, uh, what is it called? Cut. It's called cut. Okay. Now, uh, you see, that is, um, is it weed? It's not weed. It is, it's called Kakola here. <laughs> so, my I don't know what it is exactly, but uh, 
You see that thing, you know, when you take it, it what, the first thing it takes away from you is time. Because you really need a lot of time. Because you will need to chew it. And you chew it like a goat. Because you see, you chew it, and then to, you continue chewing, and then you will get gum, and you continue chewing. So you, you see, at that time, during that time, there were many young people chewing. I don't know whether they chew it now in Ethiopia like they used to chew it then. But they were chewing it everywhere until it was legalized so it can be sold anywhere. So everybody was just buying and chewing. But you will find not girls or women, but boys and men. Every corner you will find them chewing, 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 putting gum and chewing, putting that, uh, is it leaves? Chewing, 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 chewing. So you find their mouth, you know, like goats, you know, like when a goat is eating. They are chewing, they are chewing. And uh, then many times, of course, you find, uh, you know, they are, uh, you know, they are reading, they are chewing, they are driving, they are chewing. Even drivers, taxi drivers. I'm not talking about the big taxi. I'm talking about the contract taxi. So you imagine you contract a taxi. We call it special here. Or Uber. And someone is chewing cut. See, chewing, 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 chewing. Until I ask somebody, isn't this thing legal in this country? He said, no, anybody can chew. So I asked one brother, he said, why, why is this thing legalized? He said, well, if you, you give the young people that thing, they will be so busy that they will have no time for politics. So the man, he was not troubled for over 30 years because the young people were chewing. Everybody was busy chewing. And the other thing that, that, that was also legalized is alcohol. It is that I found young men smoking. Young men are taking alcohol. Young! Young! As young as 14, 16. They are smoking and they are, they are, they are drinking alcohol. You know? And the devil will legalize those things because, uh, and even now, in the world agenda, they are trying to push for those things. They are trying to push it, to legalize it. Say, it's okay to take weed. It's okay to smoke. It's okay. Let everybody have their rights. And why? Because the devil is targeting the next generation. Imagine what kind of generation we are going to have after this one. Because this, let me tell you, our generation is the last same generation if the Lord tarries. The last same generation. The next generation is going to go berserk. It's going to be a generation of fools. And only the generation that will come out of the people that fear the name of the Lord, people that have even kept themselves and they have realized the power within them and they have not allowed the devil to control them, will be the only that generation will be the only generation that will fear, will fear God and serve God. I tell you what, in Europe, as I'm speaking to you now, in Europe, Christianity came, of course, from Israel and then all onto Europe and uh, from Europe to Africa. But now in Europe, most of the churches are being sold off. Because you see, they are no longer people. There are many church buildings in Europe that are free, that are empty. Nobody's attending them. Nobody's attending church anymore. And this is where they were very religious and attending mass, attending church, you know, doing baptisms, doing many of these things, as we know, as we see them do it now in the big cathedrals. They have those big cathedrals. Very many of them are across Europe. Of course, Europe is, is large. I'm talking about uh, England. I'm talking about uh, Wales. I'm talking about uh, France. I'm talking about all those places. And you find that right now, those places which used to be church, holy places, as it were, you find them right now, uh, they are putting uh, discotheques. The people buy it off and they sell it off and they put discotheques. They put, um, uh, you know, get things. Uh, people just go there to uh, worship the devil, literally, you know, in the places of worship. 
Christianity, Europe is no longer a Christian place. People are being arrested even if they, if they find you preaching on the road, they will arrest you. Because you see, the generation that they have now is that generation which does not fear God at all. Which has taken God out of their minds. If you read in the book of Romans chapter 1, the Bible says they have become reprobates in their mind. You know, let, 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 let me, because they did not retain God, I did not plan to read that, but let me read a little portion there. If you can open with me the book of Romans, there's something I want you to see there. I realized I picked my wife's Bible, and so it's not easy for me to open quicker, quickly. So, here in, the, in Romans chapter 1, verses, um, it says, For the wrath of God is, verses 18, For the wrath of God is revealed against all un ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain. They became vain in their own imaginations. And their foolish hearts was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. So, and, and, um, and they were afar. Because of that, because of what they did, what did God do? God gave also to, and God gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. And you will find that right now in, in, in Europe, many will say, oh no, we are, some of them are saying we are birds, others are saying we are sheep, others they are saying we are this, we are that. Imagine a human being in the morning saying, I'm a dog. And defend my rights, I'm a dog. A human being, a fool. I'm not dreaming, I'm telling you things that are happening. Some of you know it, some of you don't know. But I'm telling you, this is happening in a, a place where it used to be a Christian nation. It's no longer a Christian nation. And let me tell you, this was prophesied that it had to happen. The cup of iniquity has to be full for the wrath of God to come down to the earth. Do not think that God is just going to come and destroy the earth just like that. No. The wrath of God, the wrath of God must be full. And when will it be full? When the, the, the cup of iniquity has filled up. And the cup of iniquity of God is filling up and filling up quickly. You find them, they have legalized many things. They have legalized many things that used to be seen. They have legalized and uh, it's coming down here, of course. It will come down here. It will go all over the world. It's not going to be a European problem or an American problem. It's going to be a world problem until the cup of iniquity uh, has filled up. And then the wrath of God will come down. And in Europe, in Asia, and in America, there are believers. I uh, met a few. Of course, I was there. And um, I remember when I was in Germany, I, I, I noticed there are very few people that get saved. Very few people. Here, if we took it upon ourselves and said, in uh, one month, we are going to have 500 people believe this message. It is possible. How many agree with me? It is possible, right? Because I mean, how many people? Brother Dixon, how many people can you get to believe the message? In one month. Okay. In one day. If, you, if it's your job, you say, I'm going to do it. 
I'm going to witness about Jesus Christ. How many people can you get? Ten. Ten in one day. Multiply that by 30. How many is that? 300. You are one man. All right. How about each of us? If we are 50, how many will that be? In one man. In Europe, even if you make it your job and you are doing nothing, you are, you are just eating, sleeping, and preaching. Even one person is difficult, a man. Their mind is no longer on God anymore. Who are the people believing? The children of former believers. The children of former believers. You'll find that there was a family that loved God so much, trained their children so much, raised them in the fear of God, and, and that seed was passed on to the next generation, to another generation, to another generation, and until now, even when they backslide, those are the ones that will come back and get saved. Because they, 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 the other generation before them had the power to raise the next generation after them. Do you want to raise a generation of people that fear God? Then it begins with you. You are the power. But the devil is so against that. Right now it is seed sowing time. And the devil is going to stop at nothing. That's why, let me tell you, that's why he's fighting you so much. He's not fighting. He's fighting the girls and the, boy, uh, the, girls and the mothers too. But I'm telling you, that's why he's putting all his guns and all his strength on the man-child, on the males, on the brothers, on you. Why? Because he knows he can only be destroyed if you don't get destroyed. But let me tell you, praise the name of the Lord. If you don't get destroyed, you can destroy the devil and the works and the devices of the devil. But if he gets you, then he has, got, he has already got your, your generation after you. It's a burden. I, 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 I promise you one hour and a half, I trust that it will be sufficient. Listen. There's a, a cobweb, you know, the devil is burying them in a cobweb of, of deceit, spirits and demons of deceit, idleness, idleness, you know, shoddy busyness, not busyness, but busyness. People become so busy doing a lot of nothing. Imagine someone being so busy but accomplishing a lot of nothing. People don't know anymore what to live for. I, I've been speaking to people and they say, Pastor, what is it to live a life of purpose? I mean, you don't even know what to live, to live a life of purpose. And people will say, oh no, you're taking life seriously. Oh friend, if you don't take life seriously, then the generation after you is doomed. You have to take life seriously. Because it's not your life, it's the life of the next generation after you. You are sowing a seed. The power dwells within you. The power dwells within me. The moment I understood that years ago, and it's been made, it's being made real to me as, you know, as uh, better as the days go, go by. And I, I noticed I had to live a life of purpose and I had to fight and fight continually. You do not let the devil bring you down with whatever it is that brought down your father or brought down those before you. You fight it until you defeat it because if you don't, the next generation is going to get of, uh, to be overcome. Now listen, if the devil succeeds in that, he kills your destiny. He kills your purpose. He kills your abilities. In each of you, in each of us, we have abilities. We, 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 there is a purpose. Language fails me to explain what is on my heart to you. But listen, there is a purpose 
that God had when he had you in his mind before the foundation of the world. And that purpose is as different as your palm is, as your thumbprint is. Each of us has a different thumbprint. It, you notice your thumbprint is not as even your brother. It is different. Even your brother from your father, it is different. Did you know that? Your thumbprint is different. That is why the same Abraham could have an Isaac and the same Abraham could have an Ishmael. They have different thumbprints. They are from the same father, different thumbprints. And even from the same mother, even from the same mother, this one woman can give birth to both the seed of God and serpent seed. Did you know that? It happened in history. One woman gave birth to Jacob and one woman gave birth to, to Esau. Same mother, same father, different thumbprint, different nature, different character, different life. One was of God and one was of the serpent. Because the Bible says that God loved Jacob and he hated Esau. You see, as much as the father loved Esau, but God hated Esau, so Esau was not of, the, of God. But the, the seed of, of, of Jacob was different. Now, if Jacob said, I'm going to live like my brother because this is my family, I, I am born here, and, uh, and, and, I, and if my brother is this way, and my father even loves him, I'm going to be this way. Oh, friend, you've lost your way. You have to find God yourself. Even if your family disagrees with you. Even if everybody in your clan disagrees with you. You have a purpose that you must fight. You must find and you must fight for it. We know of Jacob. When Jacob found that. He, found, he met the angel of the Lord and he said. I'm not, leaving with, I'm not leaving you until you bless me. I'm not going to leave you until you bless me. The angel said let me go. He said no I will not let you go until you bless me. Here is a man who had found purpose. He had found revelation. Let me tell you, friends, when you find the revelation, when you, when, you, when you find the revelation of the word and it is revealed to you who you are in Christ, it is revealed to you that you are a child of God, you were in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. Hallelujah, you have found purpose. That is purpose. The moment you find that, nobody may find it in your family. But brother, when you find it, Amen. Congratulations. You have found purpose. That's the beginning to fight for it until you win it. When Jacob found out he was not just a Jacob, he realized he had to change. His name had to change. The way he was born was perverted and he had to be born again. He realized he needed an, a, a, a new name. He realized, I mean, he, it was open to him that he had to be changed. He had to be blessed. Now, we are talking about a man who was already physically blessed, okay? He had too many goats and sheep and uh, uh, oxen. He had a lot. But he knew he attained all of it under the anointing of Jacob because Jacob was uh, a thug. He, he was just a, uh, a thief, you know, a supplanter. So he, he knew all that. He knew he had too much, but he had attained it all through deceit. And, and so he knew he had to have the true blessing of God. <laughs> he knew he had to, to, to attain a new and a true blessing of God. And the Bible says that the blessing of God maketh rich and he adds no sorrow upon it. And he knew the blessing I want is not what the world gives like I have. But I want a blessing that comes from God himself to me. Because that is the blessing he was going to pass on to another generation. 
Amen. It's, it's not the, the blessing of, uh, of deceit and, uh, you know, a blessing of uh, mixing up things. And uh, it was a, going to be a blessing of God that comes from God. And he said, I'm not going to leave you until you bless me. And when God blessed him, of course, it wasn't without hustle and fighting. And that's why I always say we have to fight it out. The Bible says we have to make our calling and election sure. He also says that uh, if we don't fight, then we will not reign with him. You cannot be an overcomer without fighting. If you're facing something, you have to fight it and overcome it. You know, many of us are born with a lot of things that we, we, do, we realized, we did not know, but we realized we did not need. It's up to you to say, well, I was born this way. In all our family, we are poor. You will remain poor forever. No problem. In all our family, we are lustful men. You will be lustful all your life and nothing will change that. In all our family, we marry at 40. You will marry at 40. After all, all your family marries at 40. Oh, it's your physical family, but you have no revelation of who you are. So in all our family, actually, no man can keep a marriage. We all divorce. You will be divorced. In all our family, after all, everybody divorces, so why do I even care? Why do I even mind about marrying? And that's why we have a generation that doesn't want to marry because of the things that happened in the past. They keep saying, this, is, this happened to my mother, this happened to my father, this happened to, you know, this happened and, uh, to my brother, this happened, so I'm not going to be a party of this, and because of that, I'm not going to get married. Or to it's the devil that is showing you that, but remember, that is not your true lineage. You have another lineage. And that comes from the word. It comes from your true identity. When you realize, when it is revealed to you who you are, you realize I have another purpose. The purpose I have is not to continue my, my biological father's lineage, but I have a purpose of continuing my heavenly father's lineage. And that purpose is true. That purpose has no curse. That purpose has only blessings. Now, that when you find that, you have found purpose. But when you lose that, you've lost your way. Now, there are three things that our prophet told us that ministers should avoid. And he, in the message life story, my life story, he said here is three things that I've noticed in reading of other ministers. If this ever gets a hold of a minister, it got him. And there is a weak spot. And there is a weak spot. He says, one, money. Two, women. Three, popularity. And he says, that's right. Dodge the very appearance of it. Now, he says, in other words, in the only way of overcoming this is dodging, shunning the very appearance of it. Now, it might not be the thing, but it appears like that. Avoid it. And the first one he mentions is money. Then the second is women. The third is popularity. And we have many examples in the Bible of people that were defeated by that. Many people who had great purpose in their life. But somehow, that got a hold of them. Balaam is one of the examples of people that were caught and overtaken by money. Now, here is a man who was a gift of God, uh, who was gifted by God, and uh, he was a prophet. But because somehow he... he Maybe from down in his lineage, he had this desire. They had this appetite for money. 
you know, you say like in our family, we just love money. We, we just want to be rich. And, uh, you know, I mean, like the man wanted money, wanted to be rich. He knew it was wrong. He went to God because Balak came to him. He said, I want you to go and cast me these people, meaning casting Israel. He knew it was wrong, but he said, okay, let me go and ask God. God, should I? If you ever pray such prayers, it, you will grieve the heart of God. If you know what God wants you to do, do it without praying. Don't pray for the permissive will of God. If you pray for the permissive will of God, God will give it to you. But it will ruin your life. It will remove God's purpose in your life. And we've seen it. That's why we are the way we are. That's why we are born the way we are born. Because we are all in the permissive will. The perfect will in the perfect will, we would never have to be sick. We would never have to be weary. We would never have to be poor. We would never have to be uh, beggarly. In the perfect will of God. But you see, we are this way because of the way we are born. In the permissive will. Friends, don't ask for the permissive. Ask for the perfect will of God in everything that you do. And we find that this man went, went ahead to say, Oh, please go. Let me go cast them. God said, Well, well then, if you want to cast them, it's all right. You can go and cast them. Initially, God said, don't. So he came and he said, I'm sorry, I, I will not cast them. God has said, I, I shouldn't cast them, and so I will not cast them. And, and Balak said, oh, wait, I'm going to give you a lot of money. A lot of money and, and, and a lot of money. I'm, we're talking about a, a lot of gold and silver and, and change of garments and things. He said, ah, ha, I don't want to do it, but the temptation is so big. How many here have ever been tempted by money? You don't want to do the thing, but money, you feel like you want to attain it. Let me tell you, this is one of the things that kills the generation. Money. The Bible says that the love of money is the beginning of all evil. And all men that have prospered in this life have not loved money, but they have rather loved God more than money. Men of purpose, I'm speaking of men of purpose. Praise God. And so the man went back and prayed. He said, oh God, let me go and do it. And, uh, and, uh, and, and God said, all right, if you want to go and do it, go and do it. So God let him go to go and do it. And, uh, and we know the story how it, how it goes. Later on, we find that uh, he, he goes on his, is it a donkey or an ass? But he goes on his donkey and, and as they are going to go and cast Israel, The angel of the Lord appears before the donkey. And then the donkey runs away. And this man who is blinded, I want you to, to see what money can do. They say money talks, right? Now money was talking. It was no longer the man of God, Balaam. It was money talking. Money can talk until you become blind of the reality. The reality of the purpose of God for your life. And this man was so blinded by the reality of money that he did not see the angel. He's a prophet. An animal saw the angel, but he did not see the angel because he was blinded by the love of money. And so he, he struck it. And then it's, listen, listen, this is the interesting part. And then it spoke. And he said, why have you hit me, my master? Have I ever done this? Have I ever disobeyed you? Have I? He said, ah, but why didn't you? Hey, he didn't even realize an animal spoke for the first time in history. He was so blinded that he, he did not understand an animal is not supposed to speak like that. You will be so blind that you will not see what God is doing in your life because you are blinded with the love of money. And, and, and Balaam, I'm telling you, Balaam went and he tried several times to curse. 
he would open his mouth to Ica, God would say, no, I bless. He kept on blessing and blessing and blessing. But I would say he lost his way because of the love of money. Friends, do you think he was rewarded by God because of going against the will of God? He, he, he was all, all along going against the purpose of God for his life. He was gifted in a way that no man else was gifted at the time and the season of his life. But see, he did not use his gift the way it was supposed to be used. You have a gift within you. You yourself, you are a gift to the world. The sooner you see it, hallelujah, oh may God reveal it to you. You are a gift to the world. You are born in such a way that no man was born like you. No man has your thumbprint. No man is like you. Quit being like somebody else or wanting to be like somebody else. You are the only you that there is in the world and nobody else can take your place or no one can be like you and you cannot be like someone else. And that's why even when you talk about role models wanting to be like that one, wanting to be like this one, wanting to be, oh friend, you must be like you because you are the only gift that God has placed here in the world that is like you. There will be no other you. If you die, you, die, you are dead and another one, another one, not like you, but another one will come. If you can't accomplish God's purpose for you, somebody else, not like you, but somebody else that is not you will fulfill it. Praise God. I don't know about you, but as far as I'm concerned, I want to accomplish God's purpose in my life here on earth. And then we find that there was another person called Samson. And Samson was, um, was an anointed man, another anointed man of God. But you see, for him it wasn't money. For him it wasn't money. Mm -mm. For him it was women. Now for him, when it came to women, ha, it touched his heart. Brother, I wish you'd stay close by. Brother Patrick, and, and don't miss this, because after all, who knows, this might be your weak point as well. And then we find out that, uh, you see, when it came to Samson, Samson was trapped, brother. Samson was trapped. Samson was a man that was born with strength, naturally. God spoke to his mother even before he was born. Did you know that God knew you before you were even born? And uh, the moment you were born, the devil knew it was hell. Hallelujah. I had three daughters, and it was all fine, no issue. But the day I was supposed to have a boy, I saw the devil fighting like I've never seen before. Now, while I was studying this, I know why. There is something about a, ma a male child. There is something about a son. There is something about you, brother. Because the devil hates you so much, because he knows there are things that you can do to influence another, another generation that nobody else might be able to do. No other creature can be able to do. And see, that Samson, my, 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 when my boy was born, of course I told you the story how the devil came and he fought so much. I mean, I've never seen such manifestation of demons. See, saw them clearly uh, in a vision. At the same time, very early in the morning, when I woke up I, uh, out of the vision, I uh, smelt that uh, sulfur-like kind of feeling, demonic feeling. And my wife, I noticed she was also struggling in her sleep. So when I woke her up, and she told me the same, same things I saw and heard. Demons are real, just like God is real. And the devil is against you in a way that you can never imagine because he knows if you grow to, an, to a moment of understanding why you are on earth, he knows his plans for destroying many souls has been destroyed. And that's why the devil would try his best to keep you busy. 
He will keep you busy with money or he will keep you busy with women or he will keep you busy wanting to be something you were never meant to be. And you find that, you find that when Samson was so infatuated in his mind because of a woman, he told his parents, he came to his parents and said, Father, mother, get me this woman. I want her. It wasn't about what his parents thought was good for him. It wasn't about what the Bible or what rather God thought was good for him. Amen. It wasn't about what even God thought about what was good for him. It was about what he thought was good for him. He knew and he felt like he wanted this Philistine woman to be his wife. So he said, I don't care about your religion. I don't care about your beliefs. That's all yours. All I care about is get me this woman. And this is how the devil has got and, and trapped this generation. You find that a, a good man, a good, goodly young man, but you see, he's, he, they are trapped, you know, with women and the lusts, and uh, you, you find them completely overtaken. And Brother Barnum says, when it gets out of you, it's got you. And until you're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't come out of it. And, and when it got Samson, you see, it really got him. To, to the moment, to the extent that Samson reached a level, of course, even when this woman betrayed him the first time, the second time, the man was blinded. He did not see that this woman is not good for me. He did not say that this is, this is not a good thing for me to be in this kind of halotry. He didn't see it. He was so blinded by, 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 the, by, the, by the moment and by the desire he was having with this woman that he failed to see the purpose of God for his life. Oh, may God open your eyes, brother, that you will not be blinded. Blinded so much that don't see the purpose of God for your life. God had a purpose for Samson, but the devil also had a purpose. The devil wanted to blind some Samson so that he would not see it is the woman, only the woman that is standing between him and the purpose. If only he had seen that and removed Delilah, hey, you don't know what he would have done with the Philistine. Samson was a machine. He was born to be a machine to destroy the enemies of Israel. One man in the hands of God. But because Samson was so blinded, amen, by the woman, he failed to accomplish his purpose properly. The woman took his life. They took him. Imagine here is a man born under a sign, a man born under prophecy, a man. God, the angel of the Lord himself came down and, and announced the birth. Of Samson. But still, Samson was blinded. And because of this, it reached a moment when he was stripped away of everything. And <laughs> it's a bad sight to look at. The man was blind. They removed his eyes. They removed his eyes. When the first thing the devil does when he traps you, he removes your eyes. They will tell you, they will advise you, they will cancel you, but you will be like. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. Why? Because there is a demon on you. There is a spirit on you that you need to break out of. And let me tell you, what can help you to break out of that is the spirit of God and the word of God. And that's why we preach this word, amen, with so, with so much enthusiasm and strength and power. Why? Because this word has the power to break you out of that kind of spirit. And, and, and you find that when Samson was in that kind of blindness, you know, he didn't see anything. He was now blind and uh, the devil was only making him to make, they called it sport for the Philistines. Imagine, a man born to destroy the Philistines, but now he's entertaining the Philistines. Did you know that any time you go 
and you are trapped by this spirit of immorality, you are actually entertaining the devil? Did you know that? If you look at a woman to lust after her, you are entertaining the devil. The moment you are overtaken with a woman, you are entertaining the devil. You see, I'm not talking about the sister, I'm talking about the women in the world, the spirit of lust and the spirit of adultery and fornication. If you're overtaken by that, you are entertaining the devil. The devil has not seen such a best sight as a believer, a side of God born under a sign for a purpose, entertaining him in immorality. It's a very bad demon and spirit. It will take away your spiritual sight that you will not be able to see the purpose of God for your life. The only thing you can see is the darkness that the devil has laid before you. You don't see. You don't have any hope. You have no faith. You are just blinded to the reality. And that's why I always tell the people that you see the spirit of fornication, what it does is it brings a, a curse over you. And that's why people who usually go into fornication, you realize there is a curse over you. Things that you can't even break out of. Things that happen in your life. You knew things would go this way and then you find them going another way. Because there is a curse over your life. There is a darkness you can't remove. And, and, and you, you know, it's, it's confusion. Because the devil removes your eyes and he makes you to entertain him. And then, uh, literally, you find that this man became powerless. A powerful man became a powerless man. And when he stood before all these people... Right there, the only thing that redeemed him or saved him was he returned back to God. He remembered. He said, oh God, give me this one more time. This one more chance. Oh God, let me die with my enemy. And I believe that if a child of God, a true son of God would come to that place whereby you realized you were wrong. When God, let me tell you, when God shows you his word, the revelation of his word, and you realize you were wrong, and you see the light. That's the best blessing you can ever receive. And when you do, brother, die with your enemy. You better die, but with your enemy. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the man never fulfilled all his purpose because of women. Brothers, this is something that the devil wants to destroy the, this generation with. So that he can destroy the power of the next generation. And I find out another thing that Brother Barnum talked about was popularity. Soul. Saul, Brother Barnum says that Saul was a, a prophet. Saul was a, a prince among them. Saul was actually supposed to be a great man, but he wanted to be great and he wanted to be mighty to the extent that he wasted it all and God brought him down. Whatever wants to put itself up, God will bring it down. If you see someone fighting so hard to pass everybody and to be up by, by hook or crew, by any means, by every means, I want to be on top. Brother, you are on your way down. God will make sure you are down. If you want to be anything in life, humble yourself. It is in humility that you become strong. It is in humility that God lifts you up. It is in humility that God makes you something. It is in humility that you realize your life's purpose. But the moment you think that you want to be something and you, you, know, you feel like that's how the devil was brought down. By pride and wanting to be popular among the men and the, the, the everybody. And those three things, brethren. And I, I took the time for that because it's very important. In the beginning, the devil desired to impersonate. Now, this is, this is another G. I want you to listen to this. The devil desired to impersonate you. Did you know that? The devil desired to impersonate the man. Thereby, by passing him and destroying his entire generation. Now, God had intended for this man to multiply together with his wife. A race, a generation that will fear God and serve God. But when the devil came, he bypassed this man and he came to bring his own seed. He intended to be like this man. And 
By doing that, <laughs> he destroyed his entire generation. There is something that touched me here. I want you to follow this quote here in the Ephesian church age. It says, this portion of scripture is the revelation of how the literal, the literal seed of the serpent was sown in the earth. The literal seed, not the spiritual, but the literal, the, the literal seed of the serpent was sown in the earth. Even as we have, we have the account of Luke, in Luke chapter 1, verse 36 to 35, talking about Mary and, um, and, and the angel Gabriel and how God brought down his seed. Even as we have that account, wherein he set forth the exact account of how the seed of the woman came into the physical, into physical manifestation apart from the instrumentality of the human male. As the seed of the woman was literally God, the seed of the woman was literally God reproducing himself in human flesh. Can you imagine that? God himself, oh my God, reproducing himself in human flesh. So the seed of the serpent is the literal way that Satan found he was able to open the door himself into the human race. The devil himself, he opened the door into the human race. He himself wanted to enter into the human race. And how did he do that? By using the seed of the serpent. Listen, it was impossible for Satan, for he is only a created spiritual being. So, it was impossible for him to, to reproduce himself in the manner which God reproduced himself. How did God reproduce himself? Anybody knows? By the spoken word. And Mary said, be it unto me according to your word. And she became pregnant. So the devil couldn't do that. And because the devil couldn't use his word to create, so what did he do? So, because he couldn't do that, so the Genesis account in the book of Genesis tells us how he produced his seed and introduced or injected himself into the human race. Also recall that Satan is called the serpent. It is his seed or injection into the human race we are speaking of. Before Adam ever heard carnal knowledge of Eve, now, when I read this the first time, I missed it. When I read it the second time, I missed it. When I went back to this quote and read it the third time, I caught it. Because I wondered why the Holy Spirit was leading me to this quote for this service. I want you to get it. Listen. Before Adam ever had carnal knowledge of Eve, the serpent had that knowledge ahead of him. That's the portion I had missed twice. And I hope we'll come back to it and you get it. And that one, born of it, was Cain. Uh, do you remember when, brother, when Pastor Sandy came to this church and he spoke about illegitimate children? Someone born by illegitimate birth? And he said that they never get saved. And he said that uh, it takes grace, God's grace, which indeed by God's grace anybody can be saved. But then, I, I come to think of it, I said this also applies today. Right now, you find that, the, uh, uh, the, you know, the devil, what did he do? When, when Eve was a virgin, please don't miss this. When Eve was a virgin, she had not yet seen her husband for the first time. The serpent, of course, the devil, Satan, had incarnated in that serpent. So that because of the instrumentality of that serpent. So the serpent came to Eve. And the serpent had kind of knowledge of Eve. And that was the original sin. Before Adam, her husband would do it with her. 
And that was the problem that has caused all the human race problems. And I want to tell you the same thing today. The same thing today the devil is doing. We know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Right? He is the same yesterday and forever. But Satan is a spirit too. If Satan was Satan yesterday, he is Satan today. Until he be destroyed. If Satan did something yesterday, he will do the same thing today. He only changes tactics. If in the beginning he used, he used a beast. And the prophet says, a man without the Holy Ghost is like a beast. The devil is using men today walking on two feet. And deceiving them to go on virgin girls. Girls that have never known men before. And you find these men defiling those girls. Remember, if it's not your wife, it is someone else's wife. And the moment you begin to get a hold of them, Brother Barnum tells us in the message about the, uh, Brother Barnum speaks of the, 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 uh, the virtues of a woman that God has given to her. He says virtues of sacred motherhood, sacred womanhood, and, and sacred virtue. Those virtues should never be murdered or should never be defiled by a man before you find or a woman finds her husband. God has placed those things on a woman. What is it? Her body. Her body is sacred. The woman's body is sacred. Her breasts are sacred. Her body, her thighs are sacred. Her body, her body, all over. Her body is sacred. It should never be defiled by a man. That's what the devil did in the Garden of Eden. He went and defiled Eve's body before Adam could do it. The devil did it because he was certain from the beginning. And you find that he said also she has virtue. For her to be virtuous, a virgin, it should never be defiled. Imagine God sealed her. Sealed her. For who? For her husband. And you find today, Hollywood has turned it into a hogwash. Our society has turned a woman into, uh, uh, Brother Barnum used that word, it doesn't sound popular, but it's the truth. Uh, Hollywood and, and, and the devil has turned the woman into a, a sex garbage can. You find a woman going from this man to another man to another man to another man to another man, and these men are all possessed by Demons! Just like the women are. And, and you find that uh, you, you, they, 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 their conscience is seared. The Bible says their conscience is seared with a hot iron. That they will not see the reality of what they are actually doing. And I've said many times to the young people that you see sex is more, more a spiritual thing than a physical thing actually. More spiritual than physical. See what happened because of what was done in the Garden of Eden. Until today we are suffering the consequences of that. Now, when a woman does that, she suffers those consequences all her life. And that seed which she begets out of that, it takes God's grace for them to be saved. We find that the, the seed that she conceived out of that was Cain. Cain, who actually never received salvation because Cain was serpent seed. Cain was of, of, born of or begotten of the wicked one. First John 3, 12, it says the Holy Spirit in John could not in one place call Adam the wicked one, for that is what we would be if we were fathered. If he fathered Cain, we would also be the wicked one if Adam was the father of Cain. And in another place, you cannot call Adam one place wicked one, and in another call him a son of God, for which he was by creation, for he was a son of God by creation. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we, brothers, I want to tell you, you are a son of God by creation. That's why you should never be found to do the works of the flesh because the flesh is not a son of God, but the son of God is in your soul. And if you have been once found in that kind of life, the Bible, Apostle Paul says, it should not even be now among the believers having professed Christ and salvation. It should not even be once named among you. Why? Because now you no longer live according to the flesh, but now you live according to the spirit. He says, you see the things that are of old are all done what? Passed away. And now behold, all things are new. Why? Because you see, it's no longer you that was there. It's now another man in here leaving another purpose. He says, Cain turned out in character like his father, a bringer of death, a murderer. You see, oh, praise God. This is so real, friends. That's why we see a generation that doesn't fear to murder. You see, those kind of people that will sleep with people before they marry them, say, so, oh, you're pregnant. Oh, just a boat. Just a boat. About what? kind of spirit is that one telling the women to abort? Tell me what kind of spirit. It's a spirit of Cain. The spirit of the serpent. He said he was a murderer from the beginning. He is a bringer of death, not life. But God is a bringer of life, not death. And that's why they would sleep with those women, but they are not ready to bring life. They are ready to bring death. Because they have a wrong spirit on them. You see, he was a murderer from the beginning. He is at a defiance of God when faced by the Almighty in Genesis 4, 5, 9, 13 to 14. Show him to be absolutely unhuman-like in characteristics. Seeming even to surpass any account we have in scripture concerning a confrontation of Satan by God. You find that, that even the governments of this world are now ruled by Satan himself. The governments of this world are ruled by Satan. That's why they will promote abortion. They will promote everything that is anti-God, anti-word, and therefore anti-Christ. Because anything that is anti-word is anti-Christ. Can you imagine that? They are promoting drugs. They are promoting abortion. They are promoting, uh, you, you know, uh, 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 homosexuality. They are promoting, uh, you know, all this kind of immorality. Why? Because the devil's purpose is to destroy the man-child again. He doesn't want a generation that will serve God. Can't you see, friends? The devil is out against us. Have you heard them? Have you heard some of their chants? I, I, I heard it and I couldn't believe my, my ears. They said, I don't even remember the words, but uh, they said we are something, we are something, we are after your children, we are coming. Those kind of words. The devil knows, but the people are blinded. They can't see. These people are perverted. It's not them, it's the demon, the spirit on them, on the generation trying to come at what? The sons. The sons. He wants to destroy them. Imagine a full man, a full grown man, the devil telling them you are a woman because he doesn't want this man to pass a seed onto another generation that will serve and fear God. No, none of them can serve God. Why? Because they know. Recently the Pope said that I just read, I don't know whether it is true. Is it true? He said that now in the Catholic Church, they can marry man and man, woman and woman. Imagine something like that. You think it's coming from God? The Pope just revealed who he is before everybody. He's a man who claims to stand on earth on behalf of God. On behalf of God. On behalf 
imagine that. He says he actually represents St. Peter. And therefore, he's, whatever he's doing on earth is on behalf of God. Tell me, is God anti-life? For, for, for him to desire that men will be married with men and women will be married with women, he's trying to say that there will be no life. It is putting an end to life, but God is pro-life. But this spirit is seeking out to come and destroy everything. Just like we find here in the beginning, they wanted to destroy all the male child. He said, if he's born a male, kill him. But if he's born a woman, no problem. Let him live. The devil wants to make all women. Everybody women. He wants to destroy the seed. The seed that will serve God. The seed which will seek after God. The seed which will move. Amen. And is be inspired by the word of God. But the devil wants us to be inspired by the world. By Hollywood. By, by politics. By all the things going on into the world. But let me tell you. There is a seed that is going to serve God. I believe I'm one of them. And even so, it doesn't mean that these demons that are in the world are not going to come. They will come. They will attack. They will, they, they will come. But listen, we have to defend ourselves. We have to fight until we die. Young men, we ought to be shouting amen to that. We have to fight until we get every one of them destroyed. And let me tell you why. Because we have an eternal seed. We have an eternal seed word in us. That seed which cannot be destroyed no matter what. It can only be destroyed if we let the devil do it. Satan tried to destroy this true seed by going ahead of the man. No wonder to the world defilement is a normal thing to, to them. See, says, what, what is it? It's, a, it's nothing. It's a... It's, just, it's not nothing. It's not nothing for you to defile a woman that is not your wife. It's not nothing for you to touch a woman that is not your wife. It's not nothing. And that's why people are giving birth to things that we can't understand. Things that are not human beings anymore. Can't you see that there's something happening in the world? The, human beings are closely, closely, continually heading closer to the, having the animalistic nature. Rather than having the nature of sons of God. The serpent beguiled Eve and defiled her before her husband ever knew her. By defiling the womb of the woman, the devil thought he had finished the next generation. No wonder in sin, the, the scripture says, in sin did my mother, your mother, conceive you, conceive me. In sin, because we were born in sin, we were, def, we were born out of a defiled womb. Oh, Thank God for grace. If, if it wasn't for grace, we'd all be lost. When a man is born again, you know, sexual sins should be far removed from him. How can a born again man defile the womb and the body of another man's wife? See, as I was studying, I just wrote those words by inspiration. How can a born again man defile the woman, rather the womb of a body of another man's wife? Now, of course, then science will say, oh no, don't worry. Your womb won't be defiled. You're going to have something called a condom and you use it and, and you'll be fine and everything shall go well and you, you won't make her pregnant. But look, you've defiled her body. All the same. And they find that Moses, Pharaoh wanted to kill the next generation. He wanted Moses. You see, because why did the devil want Moses? He, killed, he wanted to kill the next generation because Moses was the power. Hallelujah. He was the power of the next generation. 
by killing the sons. You see, but God did not allow it. The devil wanted to, amen, to destroy the next generation by doing what? By killing the sons. But what? God did not allow it. The devil wants to destroy the next generation by killing you. But God cannot allow it. Hallelujah. Because he knows if he kills you, the word will have lost a power. Listen, I am the power of tomorrow. I am the power of the next generation. I am going to have a resolution to serve and live for God. Oh my. May God not allow the devil to kill you, brother. May you stand out to serve the Lord faithfully, is my prayer. And the scripture says, and Pharaoh charged all these people, saying, Every son that is born, ye shall cast into the river. And every daughter ye shall save alive. Because now, he noticed, they have been saved alive. Ha. Huh. Oh, they are not dead. You couldn't, die. you couldn't kill them. Oh, all right. So now, throw them into the river. Drown them. So now, the devil wanted to drown Moses. You see, by the decree of the devil, you were cast into the river. The devil wanted to drown you. By the decree of the devil, the devil has tried to drown you in many things. You know them, all the things we've mentioned up here. The devil wanted to drown you in all those things because he decreed. Drown them in the river. But I want to say also tonight, by the decree of God, God picked you up. Hallelujah. And if you are still not up yet, I'm telling you, God is giving a decree. God is giving a decree tonight. You must come out. And I want to say, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus Christ. Therefore, when you are out, when you've come out, then what do you do? You go forward. <laughs> we have a job to do, brothers. We have a generation to raise. We, have the, we are the power of this next generation. We are the power. And the devil tried it one more time in the New Testament, in the book of Matthew, when he realized that Jesus was born and he could not stop it. He said, kill all the boys! Ha! Huh. He was too late. <laughs> the sons, you kill all the sons? He tried to kill all the sons. They tried to kill all of them. Yet God allowed it this time. Why? Because it was already too late. The son had already survived. The son had already survived. <laughs> Hallelujah! Praise God! The sons now must survive too. I think it is too late for the devil to destroy this generation. I don't know about you, but I want to be, I want to be one I would say, I am not going to even allow my next generation to be destroyed. I was in Germany with Brother Tim Prout, and he said something that uh, touched me so much. He said, I made up my mind, myself and my wife, we made up our mind, and I made up my mind that my children will serve the Lord. And he said, he told him, he said, son, he actually told me, he said, he told his son, which his son was with us also in Germany, Brother Timothy Put is going to preach in the youth meetings. A wonderful preacher. He said, he said to him, or to himself, I don't know which is which, but he said, if you will have to go in the beer party, I tell you, boy, he said, I'll go with you. I'll make sure I'll go with you. And I will step on that table. And I'll preach. A Pentecostal sermon, and I tell you, you will not enjoy it with your friends. Because I'll mess it up with the preaching. I will go there with you. And I said, what a resolution. 
And when I heard those words, I, I felt in my heart, I said, oh God, help me to raise a generation that would fear you. Not only my biological one, but, but even the spiritual ones you've given me. Help me to raise a generation that will serve you and let him and the, the generation after them serve you. To, to others, living Christianity is just like a dream or it's just like something like a religion. Like, but to us, it shouldn't be. To us, it should be real, friends. We should mean it. We should live it. We should manifest it. We can if we, we, if we choose to. We can. And we are sons and we must survive. And I finish with First John 3, 2. He says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know. We know that. When he shall appear, we shall be like him. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, this is just uh, touching me so deeply. It says, for we shall see him as he is. But here is the part that touches me now. Are we the sons of God? Not tomorrow, now. It's up to you to live as a son of God now or to live like a son of the devil now. But as far as I'm concerned, I want to live as a son of God now. Amen. If temptation... If temptation comes to overtake you, brother, listen to me. God will give you strength to overcome it. If you are purpose in your heart and in your mind and in your soul, say, I'm going to stand for the word of God. Yeah, let it come. But God will give you strength to live above it. If he has done for others, why not you? Why not you? Why not you? You can decide to leave lukewarm if you want, but as far as I'm concerned, I want to live on fire for God. I want to, to be decided, I want to live a, a resolute life that I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live. You know, you can do that. You can do that. You can say, I'm going to serve God. My children are going to serve God. The next generation after them is going to serve God. And I'm going to say to it that that happens. That's why Abraham told his servant Eliezer, don't take for my son among these women here. You see, even it matters who you marry. Don't marry from among these slave queens and among these, you know, whatever. Go down there in our place, in our home. Go down there in the world. Amen. And choose a wife for my son. And out of there, got a wife. Go. How, who led him? God led him. He wasn't even looking at how they were, or which figure they had, which language they spoke, how they were looking and their looks and their bums and everything. He was looking at the word. Are they in the word? Are they part of the rest of Abraham? Or are they not? That was the first prerequisite that you should look at. But you see, the devil wants to kill this generation by letting them look at the wrong thing. And he's taking the men and the young men be making them so filled up with the filth of the world. He, he does that with all these things. If you go to Facebook, I didn't have Facebook for a very long time. I had it, but I had disconnected it. But when I looked again, because nowadays you have to put on a VPN here in Uganda to access Facebook. So when I looked again, I went to my Facebook and I began scrolling and everything that, I don't know about you, but whenever, whatever I was seeing there was just filth. Filth, and I don't know I did not know that Facebook used to have videos. Everything is just filth there. When you go to Telegram, same thing. When you go to WhatsApp, same thing. Everybody will post what they want to post. And then you begin feasting on that. You go on those data groups and you begin copying all that, those other things and you feed on it. You, you are on a WhatsApp group that is feeding you with, with filth. And you remain there and you are a son of God. There is a problem somewhere. How could you remain in such a group? Exit the group. And then you remain in such groups and then you archive the believers' groups. Because there is a wrong spirit and it wants to kill you. But I'm telling you, this is the voice of God to you tonight. 
You see, you can make a choice to exit some groups and stay in some and make others active because you are an active son of God. Not tomorrow, but now. Now are we the sons of God. I don't want to be a son of God later and a son of the devil now. I want to be a son of God now. And I'll never be a son of the devil. I have to live for God now. You see, it's all filth. It's, you see, all the smartphones and the internet, it's all filth. You see, it comes to a place whereby, you know, you remember when in the days of Noah, when Noah told a dove to go out and let it out, a dove couldn't find a place to put his feet. It just flew right back in because everywhere was just so crazy, filled with filth and uh, dead bodies and stinking, and uh, it had to come back in. But when he sent a crow out, a crow can live in the ark and a crow can live out in filth. So you find many Christians have a spirit of a crow. They can live in both. You see, you can go in filth and you live in there, you survive. And you come in the church and you survive. But if I were you, I would be a dove. And if you're, you're not a dove tonight, God can make you a dove by filling you with the Holy Spirit. Let us stand on our feet tonight. I know this song is, we, we, we've not sang it before, but I sang it, Brother Peter and uh, Brother Dixon. Brother Praise, please. Come on. Uh, if, if you cannot play it, then maybe just hear, hear me sing it. If you can sing it. <coughs> holiness, holiness. Is, Brother Marvin, try to find the words if you can. But I just want to repeat those words out of my heart. Holiness, holiness is what I long for. Holiness is what I need. Holiness, holiness is what you want from me. From me. Take my life and for me. Take my mind, transform me. Take my will, conform me to your, to your. Righteousness is what I long for. Righteousness is what I need. Righteousness, righteousness is what you want from me. From me. Take my life, take my life. And Transform me, take my will, 
generation a good for nothing generation 
are people with no hope, are people with no purpose in life and to try and destroy it all that there will be no other generation that will serve you and live for you. Oh God. I come to you Lord Jesus at least for those that you've given unto me oh Father. That you come oh God oh glory and transform them oh Father. Conform them oh Father. Renew their minds oh dear Father. Come down dear Lord and do something oh Father Lord new in their minds and their hearts oh Father. For there is a work for to be done. There is a great work ahead of us, oh dear Lord. We want to be purposed to accomplish it. We want to destroy every working of the power of Satan in our lives. We don't want to settle for anything less than what your word has told us to do, oh God. There is a work to do. There is a work to do. Help us to rise to the challenge of the hour. Oh God. Let it burn us in our hearts, burn on in our hearts. That we will not escape it. Moses could not escape it. May we not escape it. If there is a little Moses here running away, Father God, may you arrest them by the power of the Holy Ghost. Yes, you did, like you did arrest Moses of old. And you transformed him, renewed him, challenged him to come to that moment of realizing there is a generation ahead of him that he should go and deliver. There is a generation, and we are the power of the next generation. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord, for we have a message to the world. A message of the deliverance. A message of deliverance. A message of grace. Will you commit your life to Him now? Tell Him, Lord Jesus. I just, I just want to be committed to you. I want to live for you. Tell him now with all your heart. He knows your desires and your heart and your, all your cares. He understands. Just put it to him now, friends, in prayer. Ask him to just let him, let his spirit flow over your heart. Father Lord, as they pray, I pray that the Spirit of God just come over them. Not only those that are here, but also those on the internet, Lord Jesus. Stream in this service. Father, touch them in a mighty way. You know that need, even that difficult place, Father. Usually can come down and, and cause them to live as sons of God. Where they failed, Father, let your blood atone for their sins. Father Lord Jesus, may we have sons of God that will be truly established in the present truth, truly be on fire for God and desire to serve you, desire to live for you, desire to serve your purpose. Oh Jesus, 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 help us. Help us. We give all to you, Father. We give all to you, O oh God. Because you are wonderful, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus.
Praise. Our God in your word and if they will abide and believe your word then goodness the blessing of God will overtake them may you overtake them father that God will reign over their life over their body over their soul and spirit father give them grace and strength and stay for we can only find it in you only in you we are strong only in you father now we pray that you bless everyone for I've laid my burden 
that I had, Lord, on the altar and given it to your people, Father. May you now let your word, Father, come and accomplish the purpose for which it has been sent out to do, Father. I thank you, Lord, for I commit these people into your hands. And even, Lord, as I will prepare with a few to travel to Kenya, Lord, uh, this Friday, I commit the journey into your hands. Father, may, may you reign over the journey and even the people who will stay here in the church. Father, Lord, to minister and to, to be ministered unto. Father, Lord, may you come and manifest yourself in a mighty way. Bless our brother Martin. Bless our, 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 our brothers that are, will stand with him and their sisters. Father, Lord, may your word continue to reign over their body, their soul, and their spirit. Father, we give you praise. We give you honor in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. We shall give our offerings as we dismiss. Uh, we'll be here on Friday. Brother Marvin will be ministering Friday at 9 p.m. So please come and be here and uh, support the ministry and uh, be blessed. Pray for us, myself and uh, a few others would, would uh, traveling, my family and uh, a few brothers have asked to come and join me so we can go to, uh, not Nairobi, but Western Kenya in Kaimosi for the meetings there. I'm one of the main speakers or the speaker, so to say, so just remember us in prayer that the Lord will be able to use us. When we come back, we are straight away going to the youth meetings. We have a lot of programs ahead of us, of course, also our 31st and many other programs. But just pray that the Lord will have everything under control and that he will move in a special way. Amen. Sister Winnie, thank you so much for coming. God bless you. And uh, please come again and again. This is not the last time. God will continue to bless you. Amen. As we give our offerings. Hosanna. Hosanna in the highest. Hosanna. Lord, we lift up your name. Lord, we lift up your name.